Marine Corps Infantry motto is to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy by fire maneuver and repel the enemy's attack by fire and close combat. Welcome to Far North Tokers. This is episode 174, March 8th, 2020, with your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. This week's show, we have Pearson Crosby. He invited me out to the Northern Sky Lodge, where we recorded this episode for tonight. Highly recommend anyone needing a place to get together with friends, family, go check out Northern Sky Lodge. Right outside of town, headed south towards Denali, great place. Always like talking to Pearson. He knows a lot about what's going on, just not necessarily in the state. All of the country is getting invited all over the place to speak, be a part of what's going on. He's entrenched in cannabis legalization throughout the states. His prediction, two years, national legalization. See how that goes. You guys feeling any coronavirus action? You know, I am up in here. I'm all worried about where am I going to get my cannabis. You guys been feeling anything? I don't know. Transportation within the state, probably going okay at this point. Packaging, maybe facing some issues. I saw a couple posts about that being an issue. Chinese CBD, no got to be affecting some things out there. If you know some things happening in the cannabis industry that coronavirus is affecting, contact me. Get get in touch. Send an email, midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. Thank you to flagship sponsor, Alaskan Blooms, retail and cultivation. Lots of new stuff coming out this week. Sheena Cannabis and token sponsors, Green Dreams Cultivation, prison farms. Here's Token. Come on down to Alaskan Blooms for the finest cannabis in Alaska. We've got deals going all week to show appreciation to our wonderful customers just like you. Got a case of the Mondays? Then Munchy Monday is the perfect way to wind down. Swing by and take advantage of our 25% off sale on all edibles. We've got candy, sodas, hash aids, coffee, cookies, and crackers. With so many edibles to choose from, Munchy Monday is the perfect time to save on edibles. On Turpy Tuesday, we're showing our love to the concentrate lovers. Come by on Tuesday and save 15% off on all concentrates. We just got in some baller slabs and jars from Creative Confections of Terp Sugar and Shatter made from a few of our own strains. Be sure to check them out. On Wednesday this week, we're offering a 25% discount on all Arctic Bakery products. We just had some infused joints made with some of our own strains like Black Mamba and Durban that are perfect to smoke with a group of friends. This Thirsty Thursday is a perfect time to load up on infused beverages. If you buy any four THC infused beverages, you get the fifth for just a penny. We've got sodas, coffee, and lemonade, so try them all. And this Friday is Fat 8th Friday. Come by and get an extra half gram added to your purchase of 3.5 grams on any strain grown by Alaskan Blooms. It's a perfect time to load up on that new strain you've been thinking about. As always, Saturday is Shatter Day, and you know what that means. 25% off all Shatter in the store. Be sure to check out our new Shatter from Creative Confections. We still have some Strawberry Mamba in 3.5 and 7 gram baller slabs. But be sure to grab Candy Mac and Sour Burmese Kush while they last. And this Sunday is still CBD Sunday. Purchase one CBD product for 10% off. Grab two CBD products and get 20% off. Stock up and get three or more CBD products and save 30% on your whole CBD order. We're closing in fast on our retail shop's one-year anniversary, and we're only getting started. We here at Alaskan Blooms can't stop and won't stop giving you the best deals with the best service. 8 a.m. to midnight, 2443 Arvilla Street, Fairbanks. AlaskanBlooms.com
Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. What I've been doing for the last year has solely been studying the markets. I've been with all the players, everybody that's grassroots style people, whether they're grassroots from business or grassroots from cannabis. And I've been surrounding myself with the people that are, that are really legit. And the problem with the marijuana industry now, or the cannabis industry, is that everybody's a consultant. Everybody, like, experts I, everywhere. Oh, just because, like, and with no, it's like it's, it's like, based uh, on experience, though, right? They're experts based. No, on- no, it's based on like, oh, my uh, my son told me this guy is really good at growing weed, and he said he'd he'd probably help you, so he's an expert. That's majority of like, I've had people like tell me like, oh, I spent 150k on this consultant, and they just spent it on a festival <laughs> like then they never came back or 50k like 15 15,000 up front and they fucking take off um and it's like this gray area where people are still afraid to like call the police about it or like uh, report it because it's so it, it, it was cannabis you know i was like whoa it was my fault i didn't get a signature i didn't get a contract written up and it's it's uh, it's crazy well that- a lot of people that are in this industry weren't in regular Industry and business. But the people who have the money are business people and they're working with black market just taking the word of somebody else that says, oh. Because they don't know what This is good weed. You know, it's like, how do I know? They don't know what good weed is. They're just taking their buddy's advice on it. It's like, oh, it got me real stoned. It's like, yeah, well, he's he's fucking spraying it with rain before he gives it to you. (laughs) Of course, you didn't get high. It's going to feel real good. Might make you cough a little bit. That's the biggest issue I see. Unfortunately, the people that had the real that had a significant amount of money to 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 start, they're they're good people, passionate about wanting to make headway in this new up and coming uh, industry that no one's ever seen before. I mean, it's uh, it is absolutely something that. No one's seen, no one alive has seen an industry compared to, I mean, the only comparable thing is, is, is the computer chip, the uh, Silicon Valley. That's the only thing you can compare but That to. was like an invention. And that was, and yeah, it was never illegal. It yeah. was, it was just a, a, an advancement in technology. Um, Not something that existed since the beginning of time. Yeah, yeah, that's been helping people and, you know, I mean, it's in a, you could say it's in the Bible, you know, like it. A lot of people want to contest that it is spoken about, which, you know, Jesus only talks to me every once in a while, so we're kind of not on good terms. Well, he let you come back. <laughs> oh, right? yeah, no, no, no. He always forgives me. <laughs> Chena Cannabis, North Pole Cannabis Dispensary, 1725 Richardson Highway, between North Pole and Fairbanks, right before the Badger Road exit. You're going to love this place. Convenient access right off the highway. On the way out of town, stock up on some of my favorite in-house strains. Big Smooth, Fruity Pebbles, always a $5 pre-roll special, and $10 grams. Flour, edibles, concentrates, and your smoking accessory needs. Check out the full menu on leafly.com. 
Open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Saturday, 10 to 10. Sunday, noon to 8. You don't have to drive all the way to Fairbanks for your cannabis needs. Save your time. Get your quality cannabis at Chena Cannabis, your North Pole cannabis dispensary. Chena Cannabis. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under its influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For use only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children. Marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. I'm here with Pearson Crosby. Where are we at? What is this? Tell me. Uh, we're like, at uh, the Northern Sky Lodge. We're at Northern Sky Lodge uh, out here on Parks Highway. Yeah. Outside of Fairbanks. Me and, uh, me and the lady have been running it for uh, close to a year now. It's uh, a bed and breakfast. It's a... Uh, Keeps me away from all the, the hustle and bustle. Of yeah, it keeps you out of Fairbanks. We're like 20, yeah, all the 20 minutes outside of. Yeah, yeah 20 miles outside. Uh, it's a cool place. I mean, I, I really enjoy it here. And I mean, the, Megan does most of the work, so she doesn't let me uh, she doesn't let me interact with the people here. <laughs> you know, I'm always getting in trouble with fights and stuff. One of the things in, in, in doing these podcasts, you know, I, I come out and sit with the guest and we get to start talking and we've been talking for now uh, two hours <laughs> here and there just doing stuff and having to hit record we're talking your time in, in the Marines and, and different groups you were in and one particular firefight you were in and then you lead off into this idea of me saying that, that asking you a question about your um, your abilities oh, yeah. as a soldier mm, and Marine. As, a, as a Marine thing. <laughs> I hear certain things and it's just like this is this is the piece that we need to capture mm -hmm. and me looking at your skills and hearing what different things you've done and your leadership and commending you on that and then you say ah I'm, I'm not good at that <laughs> the one thing I am good at uh, yeah. is knowing this cannabis industry because you've been immersed in it yeah for it's like learning language right it, it's like yeah, you just you're, you're jumping in. You're going from state to state. You're not just staying in Alaska. You're all over the place. Yeah, no, I've been focused uh, elsewhere for a while now. Mainly I, staying with veterans, though, right? You, oh, like, yeah, I, you don't come from a place that's not military. So, so, I my end goal, my why of me even getting into this is to help my fellow servicemen that it's important for me to keep keep that goal in mind where I the greater good or the, the the thing that I know I can how I can benefit our you know the human race <laughs> benefit all the, the the most is helping veterans because I've been there and I've done that I've had to deal with it I've been you've certain insight yeah I've been the low to low I've been and personally you know but uh, professionally, I've been picked up rank real quick. I got a lot of, uh, I've achieved a lot of stuff in, in the military, been there and done that, like I said, and it's something that, it comes naturally to me when I hear these stories from veterans and I say, you know, I, I know how that feels. I can't say that I've been in that, I haven't been in that exact situation but i can empathize with it i know i i i i feel you you know 
And, and there's different levels within the military as far as that, right? When someone's saying, I understand what it's well, like to be a Marine and they haven't done certain things. Yeah, there's absolutely this, um, it's like, like uh, there's a, a term POG, a uh, profession other than grunt. So that's somebody that's, uh, say, a mechanic or a, a clerk or any, anything really other than uh, infantry, anything other than a uh, designated trigger puller. That's, I feel it's held up to the highest esteem where you're literally the person that is getting thrown into the fight to fight, not to go repair a vehicle or or write a, write a report up. You are there to kill the enemy. And the Marine Corps infantry motto is to locate, close with, and destroy the enemy by fire maneuver and repel the enemy's attack by fire and close combat. That's our job. That's our job description. <laughs> you know, like, we are there to kill the enemy, to find them, close with, and destroy them. Does that translate into the cannabis industry? No. Uh, well, <laughs> well, what it does is, uh, no, I, I think um, anything that, right now, we're in such a limbo or a very volatile industry uh, because it's so so ingrained in a lot of people that it's ta- it's something that a lot of people still think it's bad for it so it shouldn't be legal um I, not a lot but i think majority of people are realizing hey this is this is not going to kill me it could possibly help me but i, I guarantee if they them a person that doesn't like cannabis falls ill with an element that cannabis could possibly help like cancer I think they'd quickly change their uh, view on it um, because most people want to continue living. Well, that's a difference between like you've got this medical group and then you've got a rec group. And I want to say they're both. We have, it's a wellness. Yes, exactly. I but mean, they're they're being intentionally trying to be driven apart. Yeah, and the difference is it's comparing marijuana, uh, cannabis to alcohol, um, and that and that's something that I do regularly is compare the laws and the outlooks on it because you won't withdraw from cannabis uh, you won't die from withdrawal from cannabis which you will alcohol alcohol uh destroys pretty much every every organ in your body but it gets you gets you fucked up though it's, it's a it's a pretty simple argument when you can say this a is allowed to do b c is a little bit better than a why can't it do b you know, why can't it do the same things that alcohol is doing? And, yeah. But then we get wrapped up in that idea of comparing it to alcohol, and it's not alcohol. Yeah. But we want to regulate it like that because it's the easy yeah, philosophy for people yeah, to because it's accept. normalized. Yes. Um, alcohol is a normal thing. You grew up with your dad or your mom drinking wine or drinking beer in front of you. You didn't see them. Uh, you might see them smoking cigarettes. Back, I mean, back when we were growing up, smoking cigarettes Fucking, I mean, shit in the 80s, I'm pretty sure you're still allowed to smoke in grocery stores. Um, you know, Planes? Yeah, uh, come mm-hmm. on. And they still have cigarette ashtrays in plain bathrooms, you know? So it's, that's, it's normal. You are all, you were also grow, uh, growing up knowing that uh, you smoke weed, it's just, you might as well be an egg cracked over a. Uh, a stove and uh, you're fried. Just man. say no, right? Right? That's from.
This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? It's yours? No, I'm... Mother said she found it in your closet. I don't know. One of the guys must have... Must have what? Look, Dad, it's Where not... Where did you get it? Dad, Answer I... me. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. Uh, How old are you? 34. Oh, wow. You're a lot younger than, than I thought you were. Than me, too. So you... Like, I grew up in the um, the Nancy Reagan. Oh, yeah. She was a peach, wasn't she? So is, I mean, it was just say no. Yeah. So you're going through, and we had dare. You are... And you are the scum of the earth if you're smoking dope. <laughs> so how did how did that come through with you coming? I mean, because we both grew up in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I had heavy dare, and I graduated ninety one. So that puts it's thirteen years, man. I, yeah. graduated, I graduated in '04. So what is you still felt that stigma of the Nancy Reagan policies? Let's listen to Nancy Reagan's speech. Would it be applicable today to crystal meth, heroin, opioid addiction? Would this be fine if cannabis was gone from the war on drugs? Let's listen to this. Let's listen to what she had to say. Many of you may be thinking, well, drugs don't concern me, but it does concern you. It concerns us all because of the way it tears at our lives and because it's aimed at destroying the brightness and life of the sons and daughters of the United States. For five years, I've been traveling across the country, learning and listening, and one of the most hopeful signs I've seen is the building of an essential new awareness of how terrible and threatening drug abuse is to our society. This was one of the main purposes when I started, so of course it makes me happy that that's been accomplished. But each time I meet with someone new or receive another letter from a troubled person on drugs, I yearn to find a way to help share the message that cries out from them. As a parent, I'm especially concerned about what drugs are doing to young mothers and their newborn children. Listen to this news account from a hospital in Florida of a child born to a mother with a cocaine habit. Nearby, a baby named Paul lies motionless in an incubator, feeding tubes riddling his tiny body. He needs a respirator to breathe and a daily spinal tap to relieve fluid buildup on his brain. Only one month old, he's already suffered two strokes. Now you can see why drug abuse concerns every one of us, all the American family. Drugs steal away so much. They take and take until finally, every time a drug goes into a child, something else is forced out. Like love and hope and trust and confidence. Drugs take away the dream from every child's heart and replace it with a nightmare. And it's time we in America stand up and replace those dreams. Each of us has to put our principles and consciences on the line, whether in social settings or in the workplace, to set forth solid standards and stick to them. There's no moral middle ground. Indifference is not an option. We want you to help us create an outspoken intolerance for drug use. For the sake of our children, I implore each of you 
to be unyielding and inflexible in your opposition to drugs. Our young people are helping us lead the way. Not long ago in Oakland, California, I was asked by a group of children what to do if they were offered drugs. And I answered, just say no. Soon after that, those children in Oakland formed a Just Say No club. And now, there are over 10,000 such clubs all over the country. Well, their participation and their courage in saying no needs our encouragement. We can help by using every opportunity to force the issue of not using drugs to the point of making others uncomfortable, even if it makes meaning making ourselves unpopular. Our job is never easy because drug criminals are ingenious. They work every day to plot a new and better way to steal our children's lives, just as they've done by developing this new drug crack. For every door that we close, they open a new door to death. They prosper on our unwillingness to act. So we must be smarter and stronger and tougher than they are. It's up to us to change attitudes and just simply dry up their markets. And finally, to young people watching or listening, I have a very personal message for you. There's a big, wonderful world out there for you. It belongs to you. It's exciting and stimulating and rewarding. Don't cheat yourselves out of this promise. Our country needs you, but it needs you to be clear-eyed and clear-minded. I recently read one teenager's story. She's now de determined to stay clean, but was once strung out on several drugs. What she remembered most clearly about her recovery was that during the time she was on drugs, everything appeared to her in shades of black and gray. And after her treatment, she was able to see colors again. So to my young friends out there, life can be great but not when you can't see it. So open your eyes to life, to see it in the vivid colors that God gave us as a precious gift to his children, to enjoy life to the fullest, and to make it count. Say yes to your life, and when it comes to drugs and alcohol, just say no. From stonerthings.com, Nancy Reagan and the War on Marijuana by Ben Walker. March 13, 2016. Former First Lady Nancy Reagan died in March, and while many political and cultural leaders remembered her fondly, the marijuana community has a decidedly different point of view of her legacy. Reagan, the wife of President Ronald Reagan, made an immediate splash when she and her husband moved into the White House in 1981. A staunch protector of the president's image, she drew attention in, what, in Washington, D.C. for years. Not all the good, even at that time. But she is best remembered for her unfortunate role in the war on drugs. It started in 1982 when the First Lady visited an elementary school in California. A student asked her what children should do if they were offered drugs. Without missing a beat, Nancy Reagan told the girl, Just say no. Just say no gathered steam. Within a short time, Just Say No clubs started popping up in schools and anti-drug programs across the country. Not unlike anti-alcohol temperance groups of the 19th century, these groups asked members to pledge never to try drugs, including marijuana. Just Say No quickly became a central theme of the president's campaign against drug use, and cannabis was at the center of that battle from the start. Indeed, the Reagans mentioned the drug more than any other drug during their eight years in Washington, including heroin and cocaine. 
Though the campaign began in 1982, it didn't win widespread attention until Nancy Reagan made a national address on the subject in 1986. Our job is never easy because drug criminals are ingenious, she said. They work every day to plot a new and better way to steal our children's lives. They open a new door to death. Say yes to your life. And when it comes to drugs and alcohol, just say no. Reagan infamous for Just Say No campaign. The former first lady died March 6 at the age of 94. She was known in her time for other projects, including an effort to combat the emerging AIDS crisis in Africa. But it was her work on Just Say No that made her famous and infamous to the American public. That attention followed her throughout both her husband's terms, and Just Say No was very popular for a time. But even then, experts warned it wouldn't work. With hindsight, that has become patently clear. Ronald Reagan launched a new war on drugs soon after taking office and pointedly claimed marijuana as the ultimate scourge of Americans' teenagers. Leading medical researchers are coming to the conclusion that marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug in the United States and we haven't begun to find out all of the ill effects, but they are permanent ill effects. Most experts disagree and the crack cocaine epidemic grew much more concerned from public health agencies. The science on marijuana was already clear by the 1980s, and anyone who understood that science would have agreed the drug was nowhere near as dangerous as any other illegal substance, sought to appease conservative voters. But the president and his wife were engaged in a push that was more about politics than health care. The Reagans presented a strong conservative front to voters, and part of that image included pro-family propaganda. Among other disasters, Just Say No is responsible for the creation of D.A.R.E., a group that uses police officers to dissuade children from trying drugs. D.A.R.E. has proved to be an unmitigated failure with no impact on rates of drug use. The same is true of the entire Just Say No push. It was based less on science than on a conservative political revolt against the perceived cultural excesses of the 60s, and it was doomed to defeat from the start. The underlying idea has merit. Teens are sometimes confronted with dangerous drugs, and refusing them would avoid addiction and other problems down the road, but such things aren't remotely so easy. Researchers who actually studied drug abuse passed the Just Say No idea and instead focused on teaching kids real strategies for avoiding drugs in school. Excessive focus on marijuana. Just Say No sowed the seeds of its own destruction, especially with its obsessive focus on marijuana. The Reagans repeatedly insisted cannabis was the most dangerous illicit drug, and that it led users to move on to harder drugs. Later, science showed this assumption to be bunk, but it warped the country's opinion for decades. During that time, countless thousands of people, primarily young black men, were locked up in prison over minor drug charges. President Reagan also enacted mandatory minimum sentencing laws that led to extremely long sentences for many nonviolent offenders. What's more, zero-tolerance laws in schools followed Just Say No and led to the incarceration of an untold number of students. It was essentially a straight pipeline from school to prison, and again, most of its victims were black. Nancy Reagan had other impacts during her time at the White House, but she will always be remembered primarily for Just Say No. And that's a tragedy, not only to her, but to the many people whose lives she ruined. Um. Well, it was still, it was, it was there. I mean, I was. And you were, and you were young, the same uh, experience. I would, yeah, but I would, uh, I was also fucking. If anyone wants to hear some of Pearson's <laughs> earlier stories, go back and listen to previous episodes. <laughs> yeah, of Pearson. It, was, it was a little bit of a rebel. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, shit. I, I, but it was just wrong growing up, right? You, yeah, you uh, couldn't well, admit to doing it in certain yeah, people you in the even schools. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even five years ago, I was, uh, I was speaking. I well, the first time I spoke at uh, Williamtown High School, uh, Centennial High School, 
back in uh, Bucks County. So my, my principal of uh, junior high, when I was in ninth grade, who was also a Marine, uh, Mike Lacker, who's a good friend of mine now, he asked me to come in and speak to the class. Uh, it was, it's a really unique class. I've actually done it each year for the past five years. I'm sitting there, and this kid, one of the students asked me about weed. I was like... Uh, you know, like I was, already, I think I was already on it. No. What was the purpose of being at the school? Just to talk about, uh, talk about my experiences in Iraq and stuff like that. Um, maybe it wasn't, maybe it hasn't been three years. Maybe it was four. Uh, so why do you ask, did he have seen you on the cover high times or something? Or? So I guess it's, uh, it might have been right around that time. So it was April 2017 when I, did the cover, so it was March. Yeah, so it was March uh, 2017 is when it came out. And it was at the end of the year. So, yeah, it was probably a couple months after it came out. Um, and uh, from what the from what the, the teacher would say, uh, Mr. Uh, Freeze, and this was the last time I spoke, he, he's like, man, the first time uh, somebody asked you about cannabis in here, you just you just lit up red and, like, didn't know what to say. And I was like, dude, I just didn't want to get you in trouble. I'll right. talk about it all day long. These are minors, you know. I don't know what the hell. Like, I don't want you to get fired. So what'd you say? I looked at him and I said, "What well, can I can I can I talk about this?" Uh-huh. And he just gave threw out a disclaimer like, "Hey, we're not telling you to we're not telling you to smoke weed. It's not we're not telling you it's good for you or it's bad for you. We're just uh, he's speaking strictly on his own personal experiences." Um, this last time they asked me about mushrooms and I did the same thing. I was like, he, and that's that's what he brought it up. He's like, yo, do you think they know about you and they just want to they're, uh, amp, they're ramping it up? They fucking, they, I didn't know this, but they like study me like prior to it. Like they have like my like, like newspaper articles on me, shit like that. Like it, like uh, like print offs in nice. the fucking in class. Yeah, uh, it's a cool fucking class. Uh, all the respect for uh, for him. He he put this these two classes together and they're just electives it's not even like uh, they're when kids are deciding to take your class oh dude that is awesome they're oh and, high school and, kids right uh, yeah yeah and they're not probably it probably isn't an easy class I mean I'm not I w- wasn't in it but Mr. Freeze took them to the Russian consulate in New York and there's like some real shit going on about fucking with with the US and, and Russia the, the when, when they did uh, I think that's cool as fuck. They met the, they met the, uh, the ambassador for Russia. Yeah, and you meet people. Yeah. You see they're just people. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And that's, that's another thing. People, people don't realize people are just people. As far as what? Like seeing, you probably saw that as seeing rank and then being able to oh, yeah, meet so people. I, I, guess I, I guess I have, uh, I've been in that position and, I, and realized that it's, uh, we're all the same. I don't look at a person that is working a job that I, I, I wouldn't do because I'm kind of a pansy or a person that's, uh, sitting in a big office, uh, getting eight, nine figures a year, uh, just yelling at people or, you know, you know like, they're no different to me. You know? No one's above or below anybody else. It's, well, I guess here. you're, you've got to be in a different perspective when you're sitting there facing death. I mean, you've got the people next to you. They're no different. They're they're gonna save you or I guess get you killed, right? Well, that's all. I mean, that that is all based on how you train your guys. I was fortunate enough to have some really incredible leaders taught me how to survive and what to look for, what to do, where to move. And majority of the majority of the engagements on both both deployments, we were we were involved with them. 
like our like my squad or yeah like majority of them or me personally like one of the few times the bass got hit uh and it wasn't really like, the bass didn't get hit it, it, there was a sniper that hit uh, an iraqi soldier like maybe 100 150 meters to my right and to my left and we were me and my uh my saw gunner jason lusher he a, a iraqi soldier got hit and the brachial artery and I drug him with me um, to, to go to go save this guy, and uh, that was like one of the few few times it happened. And another time, there was an ID that went off on this bridge uh, going across from the Euphrates, and we're walking around looking for a secondary, and we fucking call it off, right? And we're we get up to the top of the bridge where where it actually extends into the bridge. We have these HESCO barriers, which are just pretty much baskets that you fill with sand, and it, it turns into a really hardened structure. Uh, so they're two or three feet wide and long and high, and they're just filled with their metal grating with uh, with thick fabric and earth inside of it. There was one that was like kind of bent down that me and uh, me and my buddy Belby were walking past. I just like happened to like lean over a little bit and there was a 120 uh, artillery shell fucking sitting there with remote detonation uh, uh, cap on it so it was like there's so many so, so many press send on that me and me and Bilby would have been fucking pink mist <laughs> for real I grabbed I snatched him up and I fucking <laughs> we took off EOD came and uh told the lieutenant Ankrum that we were seeing shit. It wasn't there. There was no ID there. They pack up and leave and him and Heapy walk up and sure shit it's there. And he fucking apparently got on the horn fucking livid. Which I, I wouldn't do. But yeah, those are like just two examples of it. I mean there was a lot like I mean like we came back and I guess like as kid as like kids, I mean nineteen this is my first appointment, nineteen 20 years old we, we came back and like oh we didn't see shit blah, blah blah it's like and like looking back on it it's like man there was so many like us waking up uh one night like the night after i found a cache of weapons anti-personnel mines my first combat patrol we wake up i think it was either the same night or the next day and my buddy Kilgore wakes up and he's like, man, this fucking rock has been like jabbing me in the back the entire night. And he kicks it a couple times and it's a mortar shell, you know? And it's mortar shells lined up for like a hundred meters, like a lot of them. <laughs> and we were in a whole company of Marines sleeping on top of them. <laughs> like, yeah, so it, it, it doesn't matter how many times, like, like the sustained combat, like we weren't fighting... We weren't fighting a government. We were fighting these uh, insurgents. And, people. Yeah. We were fighting people because we because we're dicks. So that's pretty much it. We, <laughs> well, you don't control I, that when you're... When, when you're just 17, 17, 18. I mean, I, I knew I didn't want to go to college at that point. I would have fucking... No way would I have even come close to... I don't know, I doubt I'd even make it through the first semester. I could barely write that, you know? Like, uh, not that the Marine Corps helped me out much with that. But. Are you looking to list or searching for your perfect property? 
will contact Matt Wade at Century 21 Gold Rush, community member for over 20 years, helping you through the real estate buying and selling process. Matt Wade, C21 at gmail.com. M-A-T-W-A-D-E-C-2-1 at gmail.com. 907-978-0127. Helping you through the process. Matt Wade, Century 21 Gold Rush. Do you think the Marines just give you that sense of calm when you're in just normal, peaceful time? Like as far as like when you're dealing with the cannabis industry, like you're like, I'm not going to die today. Oh, no. Like the worst thing that can happen is I'm going to lose a contract or I'm just not. Oh, oh yeah. That's sometimes worse than dying, though. Oh. Mm-hmm. How so? Uh, there's a lot of things that are worse than dying. Yeah, uh, that's true. <laughs> um, you don't feel anything. I mean, it's done after. Yeah, dying's. I mean, when you're dead, you're dead. You don't actually suffer anymore. There's nothing you have to worry about. Like, you don't have, you don't have bills to pay. You don't have, uh, like, you literally, it's over. You know, um, but at the same time, it's, you'll never have enjoyment again. You'll never be able to see your kids grow up. You'll never, and that, that's like the big change with me when, now that I've Odin and Trey, I mean, it's a whole game changer. And I was like, what yeah, what has it done? I, uh, you know, I, uh, the sex parties kind of dwindled down. I started using a condom. I was like, you know, Having sex with weird animals and shit. You know. You got to do <laughs> you know, I don't have sex with animals. <laughs> um, uh, nor do I have sex parties anymore. Unfortunately, they were wonderful back in my my teens. Um, no, I definitely uh, I want to see him grow up. I definitely more engaged with uh, the relationship. Between me and Megan, I, I, I wouldn't do anything to, to jeopardize that. Not that I would in any other relationship, but um, there, it's she's my my son's mother, and she's fucking awesome. So <laughs> I, I'm when not, you have a good thing, you know, you know what can mess that up. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, we we laid I laid down like we were very honest with each other when we when we first got together, and it, it worked out. The whole honesty thing communication really you know it's something else sometimes you know um, well it's hard in the beginning but well, if you can get over that beginning part it's a beautiful thing well i think it it's it's hard to sustain in my in oh. my opinion um you can be all lovey-dovey at first which is very normal so you'll be able to if you see that in your significant other you're more willing to 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 reciprocate that, but when there's just this little thing that he or she does that really pisses you off, and it's not enough for you to actually say something, should you say something? Maybe you're not going to say something, but it's really no. taking you off, you know? No, I sense? understand. Well, yeah, because it comes down to a thing you don't want to hurt the other person about yeah. things like that, and you don't want to sound like a dick. It's just like yo, you got to stop chewing with your mouth open. Like it is disgusting. You're not a cow, all right? You know. Like, that's one of my big pet peeves, and I definitely told her that in the beginning. And not that she. Oh, so you kind of put your pet peeves out there oh, in I the threw, front. I threw everything out. What, how I act with my my friends, my female friends. That I have awesome group of girlfriends. I don't know, like a group together, but there. I have several 
uh, female friends that are very near and dear to me, and they they are very attractive, and I've never messed around with them. I, my relationship with them is worth so much more than a, a, a shitty sexual fucking encounter. Well, you've talked about that a lot in our conversations, just about not fraternizing. And oh, not, yeah, yeah. Not being, um, I don't know, not shitting where you eat or something, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, something like that. <clears throat> but, yeah, no, it's important because uh, then emotions get tied. Uh, emo- emotions are always in, uh, intertwined with any type of relationship you have, whether it's sexual or uh, professional. Um, there's always... And if you mix those two, that's double. You know, they start... The, your inner workings, your how how you live, and they can anybody can use that against you. Um, there's a reason why it's not allowed in the military, and it's for good reason. And I I found that to be a very help. It was very helpful for me to be uh, successful in the Marine Corps. Was that I wouldn't get blitzed with my guys. I wouldn't go out and take like, my subordinates would not see me. Uh, fucked up, and I was I was getting fucked up. You know, I, mean, I was drinking my ass off. But they couldn't be like, "Oh well, I just carried you out of the bar last night. How are you going to tell me to fucking go do that?" You know, it's just yeah, I took care of you last night. Yeah, exactly. Why um, you were you were all you were all sloppy. Yeah, and, and there's there's you know, I'm not saying that can't do it ever. Like there's always that. Like you know, it's like company party or like like with the Marine Corps especially like mess nights mess nights are fucking awesome they're like the lowest ranking person in the room is in charge of the room there's like it's a whole scripted thing like I want to do a mess night so bad I bet you I can fit my dress blizz now so but it's like you have like the grog in the back if you do anything wrong you say something out of line it's like Tabasco sauce and like vodka it's just like all types of Nasty, like whatever you think of, just just gets thrown together, and you have to fuck, and you got fucking drink from the grub. Um, it's it's fun, it's camaraderie. Like, it is literally there to you just get fucked up. So that's like one of those occasions. Where You're allowed like, to. Yes, you, you you're supposed be, to. You can be stupid at that point, and it's and it's still you're still professional, you know. Yes. And usually there's safeguards like. Taxis are going to be there looking, driving home. And probably someone's watching you still. Oh, yeah. There's de- duty's definitely, I mean, duty's probably drinking, but duty's definitely not supposed to be drinking, so. <laughs> Everybody's getting fucked up. Uh, Do you ever feel the thrill from the cannabis industry that you felt from Marines? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that maybe not. I mean, it's not, obviously, it's not the same thrill. Um, well, the endorphins firing off the, yeah, like the when excitement. I, when I was, when I was driving or like TSA stuff, like when I, when I go through TSA, it was like, like $100,000 in cash on me and like 200 grams of like distillate in individual packages and just tell them, yeah, it's a solid until 155 degrees Fahrenheit. So through and they let me through because <laughs> I always call the cops first I'd call I'd call well how does that work that's an interesting aspect of uh, moving cannabis around the you know, it's legal they can't they can't taste so now TSA has been told don't fuck with weed completely 100% yeah I mean that Frank Berardi did a nice job with that establishing oh, yeah, I know. that I mean that's he established that and only, uh, maybe even the nation I told somebody that this morning I think one of the guests but yeah, I used to call airports, uh, airport police, 
prior to me getting on up, be like, hey, I'm uh, Tracy Crosby. I'm the owner of Soda So. I'm a carrier for this marijuana industry, marijuana company. I will be going through. I have a, a flight in terminal A, and I will be at the TSA checkpoint at uh, in ten minutes. I'm going to request a private screening. I would uh, appreciate if you have an officer waiting there for me. That's awesome. And and they're prepared. They know it's coming. They don't sit yeah, there and just, get all confused when oh, they yeah. see shit. Sometimes they would just... I mean, I, I, I'm not going to throw out dude's name, but one of the, the uh, officers that was uh, a ship leader, we got kind of tight. You know, he knew I wasn't messing around or anything. There wasn't... He, he didn't have... There was nothing that public had to fear from me at all because I was a professional and I wasn't dicking around. Um, he, uh, a few times it was just like he would tell he would tell whoever that hey, this is coming through. This is what dude looks like. You should probably just let him go through. Because um, they'd screen it all. I mean, yeah. they still go through proper procedure, but like, don't fucking waste his time. Fucking just like if it if it it doesn't look sharp or dangerous, just let him fucking go. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to pay them off for it, too. Either. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I like, looking back on all that shit, it's, that's when I realized, like, oh, man, I, I was really fucking good at that. Just like the Marine Corps, like, I always, I never felt like I was up to par, ever. And that's what kept me going. I always, I was always the fucking, I was never the fastest runner. I was never, like, the top PFT here, but, I, you know, I, I could snag up the people that were really good and, and make sure they they'd follow me in the fucking hell and that's it i was i was not well that's got to transfer to the cannabis business making a team yeah that's and that's that's it it's like um it, yeah is the longevity in this industry is putting together a team that 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 really is able to work in harmony together not necessarily all the time in harmony like yeah they can fucking we don't want yes men no no you want people that like i i want at least one person that's gonna be like yo you're fucked up or not maybe maybe not in front of everybody no 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 no. so that's that's plot for me plot will pull me aside and be like yeah dude you need to do this or i don't know he'll he'll say it pretty gracefully um but then we'll have like ha so he'll He'll ask me all the hard questions, and I'll just be getting. Uh, I would get so uh, not that I would get frustrated about it. But I was like, "Motherfucker! All right, just take my goddamn word for it." But he's not there just to take my word for it. He's there to fucking ask all the fucking questions to make sure he's satisfied that it's a good plan because he's a strategy guy. That's it, and you have to have like the complimentary. I don't even. It's not coming. You have to have a healthy friction. And the first project that we worked on together, it, it didn't work out. There was just, and it was a, a leadership failure uh, on my part. I'll definitely take uh, responsibility for that. But we're all learning. And something like, like you said earlier, like you're learning a new language. We're writing the new language. Like that's it. Like we are developing it. Like that's, that's what's going on. We are taking something that's already been that doesn't have doesn't have a communication capability yet and writing it so that everybody can understand it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and be okay with it, not be so um, attacking it. Mm-hmm. 
the worst possible thing that anybody can do in the marijuana industry is go after another business publicly and. And Why just, do you say that? Because we're seeing a lot of that now. Well, I say that because we are fighting a stereotype, and if we have inner, if we're not acting professionally, this is a a industry now. It isn't black market. It is. You're not fighting the, the other corner, fucking. You're not fighting for the corner spot. You're not slinging grams anymore. You're paying the IRS. You're uh, submitting. You're, you're you're employing an exorbitant amount of people just to get off the ground. The building inspector to the guy that, that, that delivers your nutrients every every fucking week or whatever. It is an established business now. Like, when was the last time you heard Coca-Cola really tell, making memes of fucking Pepsi with the fucking their cocks in their mouths? Like, get the fuck out of here. Um, the worst thing I've seen with Pepsi is They've, uh, Coca-Cola had two fucking, uh, little kid grabs, uh, two cans of Coke and stands on him and fucking hits the Pepsi button and a vending machine. That's classy, you know, I guess. But it's just, it's just like this coy, like, cute thing, you know? Uh, it's marketing. Yeah, it's not literally degrading. Like, anybody that's, anybody that's gonna be, like, that, there, there is no, no, reason for it. It is just complete and utter hate. Hate, really. It gets attention. It gets attention and makes the other, it makes that same person that's getting the attention look that much more like a dick. From which the people that are giving it positive attention, you think they still feel that way? I think it it definitely, uh, it will resonate that this person, it will go to these lows to make a statement, I guess you can call it, or rag on somebody or demoralize them. But I'm a firm believer that if you recognize this stuff, like, oh, I don't hold grudges. I don't, I'm not going to speak ill on anyone, really. I guess that's just me, though. Um, it doesn't make me feel better to spew hatred on people and it doesn't really do much especially when majority of the client majority of the, the, the customers aren't checking these public sites or anything like that they're checking and they don't know the leaders yeah, they, they don't, don't know, know the they, owners they, most of them don't even have their real names so it, it, when it comes to like retails or cultivations cultivators nobody knows who the lead cultivator I the only reason I'd know a handful of the cultivators, the cultivators' names, because they're also the owners, and they've been good, I've been good friends with them for years. But the owners of retails and like no layman that isn't in the industry knows. You know, it's like, do you know the owner of the bar down the road? Like, yeah, maybe you do because you're in there every day. But uh, the 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 takeout section, you're just going in there. You don't know the fucking owner. Who the fuck cares? You are going there because of the convenience there and or uh, they have the, the product that you want. That is it. Uh, this whole bashing each other just makes the entire industry look bad. Um, it's personal. You bring personal stuff into business. Bullshit. And if they breach contract, go to your fucking lawyer. 
if you're if you're stupid enough to go into go into a, 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 a an agreement in business and not have a contract, and this is something I learned real quick. I don't, I don't have I have like three business classes under my belt. You get the contract. You get the uh, everything in writing, and if it's not held up to uh, the, the contractual agreement, then you. If it hurts you enough to to where you feel as if you should bring upon legal or civil charges, yeah, significant, um, then then go for it. But don't bash people's fucking. Isn't that our culture? I mean, some some people in our culture are just attacked because they're 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 upset with themselves. That is all. You think that's just? I absolutely believe that that they are hurting in some way, and they want to spread that hurt because. I'm I'm not always happy with myself, but I don't want anybody to feel like as bad as I do on a on on an occasion. You know what I mean? I know I always felt that way too. I I felt this way, so why why do I want to? Why do you I want don't to like that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, and it makes me feel better to make somebody else feel better, but to make somebody hurt, like why the fuck would I want to do that? It's fucking stupid. And well, it, there's a lot of people that get that get around that and like. Oh, they get around. They get around. Like that it's, mob, the, it's the mob mentality, which is. Or you and, don't want to be picked on yourself, so you jump in on that. Well, yeah. So I was the complete opposite growing up, and uh, my, my parents actually bring this up. And my dad was just bringing it up to Megan the other day how. There's parents of this kid who was in uh, my brother's class. That he, I guess he resembled us a little bit, me and my brother. And nobody would mess with him because because they knew that they they messed with him. I I had fucking like any type of bullying shit like that. Like that didn't fly with me. And that was even at like an elementary school. I I just wouldn't stand for it. I don't know where that came from. It's because I. Four younger brothers and two younger sisters. Like, I'm and you're almost, bigger, so you're almost like yeah, a I'm, champion. I, I'm the I'm able to mm. be like, no, Stop this is right. Um, Sometimes a little guy gets in there, gets his ass beat. In the, in yeah, the it's middle always the little guys that like to fight. Like it's a yeah, it is always the, the last couple people that tried to fight me. Like, and I don't, I don't unless lives are in danger. I do not surface. Um, Why? Just because you're afraid of hurting somebody, like you're trained. No, because it doesn't. Fight. Doesn't. doesn't no, I will kill somebody. But, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. But no, the reason for it is because you're not going to fucking piss me off enough for me to fucking waste my time and possibly just like break a knuckle or fucking. Last time I punched somebody like hard with my buddy, and I ended up fucking having to get surgery on my hand because of it. He was trying to try to drink and drive down Florida. Had it him twice though. Mm. <laughs> I, I really almost lost the finger because I didn't go to the hospital. I flew back. Fucking got really infected. But it was a Do you feel that way in the cannabis industry that you're um doesn't necessarily apply the same as a champion in strength and and uh, physicalness? No, but do you kind of pull yourself into that like uh, in the cannabis industry? Like oh no, I mean I still, have those mor- I still have those morals on a guideline where if you say something that is just wrong or I, I don't care how loyal or how good of friends I am with you and your company if you say something that's just outright like wrong like it's not legit I'll, I'll contact you privately and be like yo uh, this is wrong man like this is like, what you're saying here um, makes you look like an idiot or fucking you know 
Uh, or you know, it, it's just check out check out this regulation. But never would I mean, like unless it, unless it's something that's like really somebody's doing something really hateful. I'll fucking I'll throw it out publicly, but not I won't like post something up like oh this motherfucker. Um, but no, I'll, I'll take a stand on it definitely because I, I I'm confident when in knowing the regulations and knowing what's uh, the, the moral the moral and you feel your heart's true your intention yeah I'm not yeah I'm not out to hurt anybody I'm not and I'm not at the same time out to allow some people to get uh, just stomped on because they're uh, maybe not as willing to go that low you know but it it's it sucks because but most people that know what's going on here pretty close we're having having friends and fell out shit like that and it's just like you're like mixing the business and pleasure shit I just try my best to not piss everybody, not piss everybody off so and by uh, in, uh, doing that as I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna I'm not going to fabricate anything. I'm not going to. I'm not going to hold anything. I, I'm not going to do anything just out of spite. And as long as I keep that mentality, I think I'm. I'm able to, you know, stay with confidence. And I, you're happy uh, with yourself. Yeah, and that's all that really matters. Uh, I mean, it's not all that really matters, but it's all that matters when it comes to your moral. Uh, yeah, your internal. Yeah, mental yeah. health. And yeah, like okay, I can, I can go to sleep. I can go to sleep and say, you know what. I didn't fuck anybody over today. I didn't do anything. I nobody's hurting because of what I because of something I did to them. And it, it's it's a weird thing to say with business because like yeah, if we're doing the same thing and I'm doing it better or I'm getting more clients, it's something that's going on. Like yeah, uh, it's business. I'm not doing anything to undercut you or I'm not I'm not doing anything shady to fuck you over it's uh never it's never a fair fight but it's always a it's always something that that has it, you know the rules before you get into the game and if you don't know the rules you're fucking stupid yeah well it's it's easy to play a game when you know the rules well it's easier when you don't know the rules and there's not contracts and there's not things like that, that's when it gets icky and yucky and oh yeah, because people you can think, manipulate things. You think you're you, yeah, it's like uh, oh we're just growing weed. Like how could it's like well you know you got to keep like your security cameras forty uh, uh, memory for your security cameras forty days. You have to have uh, every single movement with a cannabis uh, plant has to be documented and. Anything over eight inches has to be tagged, and make sure you throw in those extra seven minutes in between your uh, stops because uh, the emergency stops. No, you cannot go fucking twelve blocks over to fucking McDonald's when you're on manifest, <laughs> even if you're just hungry. Like, yeah, you can do it, but good luck. Um, you're, that's the risky thing, or not securing a door, or fucking bunch of shit that like people just don't know like it's something that you if you're gonna get into it you need to study it first and that's where i've, where I've been really fortunate with uh just jumping around and and being able to see all these different aspects and of uh what a marijuana the legal cannabis industry is in so many different facets
What's the biggest thing you see coming? Well, I guess it's like consumption, right? Is I'm going to answer that. What do you What do you see coming for um, Alaskan cannabis? Federal legalization. Just federal legalization. How soon? Two years. Two? That's that's bold. Why two? Why I wouldn't think two. Just a five, three years ago. Okay, so you're staying with it. Oh yeah. And can it happen that fast? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm talking. I mean, I'm not talking about doors open. I mean, like no. legislation yeah, through. Yeah. House and fucking uh, Senate, so it wouldn't happen this year. You don't think it's gonna happen this year? Within two years, so yeah, I I, yeah. I think it could. There are a lot of. Uh, I always want to keep holding on to that five year thing. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of researchers that think that it's good. right, and I think the biggest thing is just as you have these states legalize, especially in the Northeast. Mm. When you can just drive an hour and get to there, I know that's and right. All those places, just one little place, is right. making all that tax money. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> that's it. I know. That's federal. That's federal legalization. When everyone's just like, let's take some of that pie. Oh yeah, no, that's it. That's what it is. It's mine. That's why. That's why wars are fought. Because <laughs> everybody knows profits go from fifty percent, one hundred twenty percent, one hundred fifty percent to thousands of percent of fucking profits. You know, Uncle Sam bought. Uh, Six billion dollars worth of mosquito nets in North Korea for, for the Korean War. You know how much mosquito nets uh, made it over there? Zero, none. There's a six billion of them. Even boots. They bought enough boots for eight pairs for each uh, service member. They averaged two. They ended up, uh, that company ended up selling to some some other country after they got paid for. <laughs> How do you want to end? Hey, hey, thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more conversations with the players in Alaskan Cannabis on SoundCloud, iTunes, and all other podcast places. Facebook, Instagram, and farnorthtokers.com. Send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. Here's Token.